0: Welcome back to the Hockey House podcast presented by Selly Hockey Co. This is episode 27 and I'm Murph, joined virtually
1: by Glick and Fitz. Boys, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing good. Got a new, little new background going on. Rearranging the room as we speak. It's still in the works, so it's not complete yet. Not much to do around here, just kind of twiddling my thumbs each day. How about you,
2: Glick? Pretty good. The boys at Temple finally got our first skate in so just good to be with the guys again and see who all their young new kids are gonna be.
0: And now, look, where are you guys skating? are, are you guys at, at your rank? Are you meeting up? What's it like?
2: It's not the rink that we should play at. It's at a different rink and there's two main rinks and it's not even connected, but it's in the same plaza. It's just a random practice rink. So we just got a you know a nice little hour and a half skate in between two Beau uh, and just had a good practice. Nice. Lo-
0: love, love to see it. I- I'm pumped because I'm playing in a men's league tournament this weekend. So dust off the bag. I haven't had ice since I bent- came home. So looking forward to that. I haven't skated since we, we did the scrimmage, the blue white scrimmage at Syracuse. My team took home the W in that, but looking forward to, you know, throwing the gear again and playing with some, some buddies I played against growing up in high school. And we're going to be playing in a tournament this weekend. And then I, I got the exciting news that I actually got the call up to my brother's men's league team. I'll play in a tournament with them later on in the summer in Burlington, Vermont. So I got that news today. Looking exciting, getting getting back into the swing of things. Uh, the, the off-season training is underway.
2: It's going to be an absolute weapon this coming year.
0: I'm hoping to be, you know, new New jerseys. we got a new coach. I, I better be out there. So high expectations.
1: Has the coach been selected?
0: Uh, he has been selected, but he hasn't been announced yet. Uh, I will keep that hush hush for now. The team has met with him and everything, just waiting on like final approval from the school and crossing the T's, dotting the I's, all that kind of stuff.
1: So, spoiler alert, it's me. Vince <laughs> 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 is coming on as assistant.
0: Glick, I saw that the temple schedule came out.
1: Any, any great games you
0: want to circle this early?
2: Obviously, it's always going to be playing at Navy. I had a great time last year or. Freshman year, playing against them, their fans are rowdy, so that's going to be exciting. Duquesne, that's uh, the new team that we didn't get a chance to play last year, so that's going to be exciting. And I'm gonna have to say Villanova because they're probably our biggest rival, and our game against them, actually both of them, were really close. Those are gonna be some pretty exciting games. So honestly, I'm just excited to for hockey in general. It's been what it'd be two years since I played an organized hockey game, so just anything at this point, I'll take it.
1: I thought there was supposed to be a Temple Cuse game this next.
2: They were supposed to be, it but I think things fell through. Ah. Our senior year, we'll try and get a game going.
0: We got to go down to Philly to play Drexel. So I know that one's on our schedule. Fortunately for Glick and Fitz, or for at least Glick and I, we've got schedules for next year. One team that, you know, is looking forward to their schedule, but it's going to be bittersweet is BYU. Unfortunately... Over the weekend, the BYU hockey team received some unfortunate news regarding the status of their program. It's a bit fuzzy, and we will get all the facts of this story. We'll eventually have some of the BYU guys on to tell their side of things. But basically how it works is BYU hockey team was not an official club sport, which is not that out of the ordinary. But it's it's a pretty unique situation in the ACHA to not even be under club sports. And so what they were doing is they had a contract with the school, from what I believe, they had a contract with the school that allowed them to use the BYU logo, colors, and name. And now the school over the weekend informed them that after this season, that contract was going to be terminated and they are no longer to be allowed to use the name and be associated with the school. The the press release is saying that it is the final season of BYU hockey, but they are looking into possible solutions. They're working with the ACHA to try to figure something out. It's not unheard of for teams in the ACHA to go by different names. You look at NC State, they go by the ice pack and they use their own logo. You've got the Gamecocks in South Carolina who go by cock hockey. Uh, you got teams like Tennessee who go by the ice Voles instead of the volunteer. So there are ways around it. It'll be really interesting that the school is telling them they can't be associated with them. So I know Fitz, you were talking about this when when the Indiana season got canceled and looking for loopholes here. They're going to have to find a permanent loophole, which is leaving a lot of people kind of unsettled right
1: now. Yeah, I know Bama is another one. We looked for some workarounds last year when the season got canceled to see if we could just be, you know, the fighting Mark Cubans and have him sponsor the team or something. But um, yeah, I don't know what's uh, what's going to happen there.
2: Yeah, and
0: I think that's where most people find it relatable. It's like the every club hockey team has gone through the process of like, oh, we want to print sweatshirts. So like let's just change the name on the sweatshirts so we can get these hoodies and not have to deal with the school. They're gonna have to do this for everything that they do. Yeah, as, as FitzFlex is the Indiana hockey hoodie. It'll be interesting. And like we said, we're we're just three guys who don't go to BYU. So we're we're getting the information as it comes in and Hopefully next week we can have some of the BYU guys on and, and they can kind of explain the situation. But uh, people seem to be re- really upset about this and we're wishing them the best right now. In other ACHA non-NCAA collegiate hockey news, though, Sports Illustrated did a piece the other day regarding the top 10 NCAA schools that need hockey. And uh, they're pretty good schools on the list. Blake Fitz and I are going to kind of run down the list and and, and give our takes. Obviously, this was in response to the new additions in Division I men's hockey. You've got St. Thomas joining and Lindenwood adding men's hockey. And there's going to be a new team in, in Sioux Falls, South Dakota that's adding Division I men's hockey. The top 10 starts with University of Texas, University of South Florida, USF. They have UCLA and Stanford on the list. NC State, familiar team. University of Maryland, Rutgers. Washington, UNLV, and Illinois. So some familiar schools that you know always talked about, like Illinois. There's kind of some surprises on this list. Fitz, what are what are your first takeaways from this top 10
1: list? I think UNLV and Illinois is definitely those are the but University of South Florida. I don't know. That one kind of comes out to me as awkward.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's kind of one they kind of looked at what NHL teams are nearby. So I think the the success of the lightning is where they're playing off of USF. I, I wouldn't mind that. I think USF's got great uniforms and they could certainly pull it off because obviously you see like U, USF, they're kind of linking with Tampa Bay, UNLV, they're playing off the success of Vegas. And then one of the last ones, the most Washington, I think that's another one that's like, oh, like, you know, Seattle, the, the Kraken, you know, why not add a team, a college Ooh. team in Washington? What about you, Glick? What are your takeaways?
2: I'd say probably what the Cal to is UCLA and one is Rutgers.
0: Obviously this, this, this list is very heavy on kind of the Sunbelt teams. Rutgers is one of Rutgers and Maryland kind of the two East coast teams. One that I think would be really cool is NC state. I think obviously you see the, the rise of, of the ice pack at, at, and, you know, they're always a competitive team in division two and people in Raleigh, North Carolina really get up for, hurricanes games, especially in the playoffs, that's one of, if not the loudest place in the playoffs. So I think that would be really cool to see for college hockey, especially in in some of those non-traditional markets. I think it could be really successful. Always, always cool to see club hockey, get some love from some, you know, higher up names like sports illustrated. That's cool to see. I know ESPN had that piece a while ago where they, they ranked all the teams that were going to college bowl games. They ranked their club hockey jerseys. So it's always cool when, when pieces do that. It's it's funny to see what sides people take and, and what teams, but obviously some familiar faces, like we said, like Illinois and UNLV in that mix up, but some newer teams, you know, Texas, Stanford, UCLA, it's always good to see. I think this is actually, this is the longest we've gone without mentioning the interview we have on tap for today. We've got a great episode with Louis, Louis shakes coming up and just what phenomenal guy, the journey he's been on. I didn't even realize it going before the interview, but he kind of, you know, embodies what this podcast is all about, you know, loving the game of hockey and not necessarily caring where you play, as long as you're having fun and and getting better every day and having a good time while you're doing it. I think he's a really good guy to talk to. Obviously he started this huge project 10 for 10 and He plans to rollerblade across the country after he graduates next
1: spring. But
0: I enjoyed the interview thoroughly. Just one of those guys where we finished up the interview and it was like, you know, I I really think people are going to enjoy listening to this.
1: What do you think Fitz? I think that this is like, you know, we're just three guys. We started this podcast and we're able to provide a platform for something like that. It's just like, you sit back and you're like, wow, that was, that was cool that, you know, we were able to help awareness about um, Louie's story and everything. And then, being the guy he is like you were saying he's just you know one of those guys that he come from and how lucky he is how blessed he is and he wants to give back and for us to be able to help support and um, help him and you know watch the journey I think it's awesome
2: yeah I totally agree I mean what he's doing is amazing he was just a great guy in a great interview
1: yeah without without further ado we'll do no recap
0: today we'll just close the show here with our interview with Bluey and uh, take it away from here we're pleased to be joined by current Missouri State forward from Nantes, France, Louis Shakes. Louis, welcome to the Hockey House pod. Hey, thank you for having me, guys. Louis, we've we've never done this. We've interviewed guys on the West Coast before, but never have we interviewed someone who's six hours ahead of us. So we thank you for taking the time to, to meet with us here. And uh, believe it or not, this is episode... 27 and you're not the first guy from france on the pod you're actually the second guy you're the first guy we've interviewed who's done the interview from france not the first frenchman we've had on the pod but anyways welcome we're excited to have you here like i said welcome to the hockey house
3: well thank you and i'm glad we can uh bring you guys to europe a little bit more and i have no idea who you guys spoke to before who's the other french guy i don't know many of them because i left france pretty early but Hopefully he was a he was a good guy too. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get the
0: name because now I'm blanking on his name here. He plays at West Virginia. Baptiste Verniev.
3: No idea. Nope. No,
0: doesn't. I mean, there's a lot of hockey players in France, so that that would be that's a, it's a long yeah. shot. Baptiste was a good. He was a good interview, um, and you know he explained kind of how he ended up playing in the ACHA, coming from over from France. You've had a pretty long hockey career yourself. Here, ended up at most state. Why don't you, you know tell the listeners how. You know, you you grew up in France and and ended up playing overseas.
3: Yeah. So it's, it's always been my, what I wanted to do, my dream to play in the U S or in Canada. Uh, when I was 11, I left my house for the first time to get in a better hockey program school wise. I was like four hours away from my house. And then three years later I decided to move to Canada when I was 14, uh, then played in Quebec city. And then I started playing juniors in Toronto El Paso, Texas, and then Boston, and then committed to Annamarie College. Played there for two years in D3 and then transferred to Mo State. It's been great. It's been a great experience. A couple of good stops in there. I, I've heard El Paso is a great place to play. El Paso was a great, great place to play. I mean, you know, you're the only hockey team in the city. You get a ton of fans every game. Our locker room, our rink were pretty cool too. And it was a cool experience, especially being from France. You know, you'd I never imagined I'd ever end up in a place like this. And the fact that hockey was able to bring me there was, was pretty cool. It's a cool experience to look back on for sure.
0: You play juniors and you end up going the the collegiate route and and playing NCAA D3 at Anna Maria.
3: What kind of made you choose to, to transfer? Hockey is a big, big deal for me. I like to take it very seriously because, you know, I make all these sacrifices to be far from my family and, you know, a lot of work into it so it's like i felt like i was in a place where a i wasn't having fun i wasn't getting better anymore and it was just you know it wasn't very enjoyable i learned a lot playing uh, d3 it was great it was a great experience but i was just looking for something that you know was going to be a little more rewarding and more fitting in terms of what I was expecting for myself and then the fact that you know a bunch of my teammates from El Paso were playing there and a bunch of my great friends were there Alex Rubin, Hunter Cooley, Jake Kopinski, Simon Hobbes, all these guys you know they're there and I was like you know what let's just do it like I'm I'm ready to you know really enjoy my time and I want to have fun on the ice again and just be able to you know get better and Exactly what happened, and I'm so glad I made the move, honestly.
0: Yeah, and it was one of those things where obviously we'll get into it later about the 10 for 10, and that's how we originally found you. But, um, the whole reason we kind of started this podcast was to bring awareness to the ACHA because I think a lot of guys do go that D3 route and you know don't necessarily end up at a school that they enjoy, and and that's a huge part about the college experience is enjoying it and having fun, and like you said, you know, getting to enjoy the game more too. Kind of take us through once you get to Missouri State, obviously, your first season is one unlike any other playing during a pandemic. What was that like? kind of what what were your first memories from Mo State?
3: My best memory, I think, would be just like how like friendly everyone was. You know? like after playing three years on the Northeast, it was just like a completely different world because I get to Mo State. I yeah, I know a bunch of guys I played with, but like, everyone I felt like I always knew like I got in the apartment because what was cool with us the most is that we lived in this apartment complex this we call it bear towers and our whole team was living there <laughs> so like we got there move in the apartment and then you get to hang out with all the boys and it's like damn like I you guys are so nice like what I came from the northeast where it's like you know playing juniors and stuff a lot of guys would be like going after each other and like you can't sit in the locker room and like you know everybody's firing chirps like constantly constantly and then you get to most state and everybody's just so chill and you're like damn like this is what it feels like you know to be with like a bunch of cool guys that just want to you know enjoy being around each other and and playing hockey it it was really cool
0: you know getting into Missouri State did you have a a welcome to the ACHA moment where you realized kind of you were playing different level hockey than NCAA D3
3: at first i was hesitant of making the move because i was like you know People are like, oh, DHA, DHA, whatever. But honestly, like, I just like the fact that guys were just here to enjoy their times. And it wasn't like, guys were genuine too, you know, like some guys are just here to party and it's fine. Some guys are here to play because they love it. Some guys are here to hang out with the boys. But at the end of the day, like everybody's your friend. You can turn to anyone. And it, it it was, it's really the biggest difference to me was that, you know, the the mentality in the locker room and and the guys around you in general was way, way different. In terms of welcome to ACHA moment, I didn't really have anything. One of the main things, I guess, the, the boys would take me on blades around campus. That was the first for me. And that kind of started everything for me. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it, I guess.
0: Okay. And so I, I guess that leads right into it. Kind of just walk us through because I think obviously we've all seen the video and everything that you're doing. But for the, the average listener who, who has no idea what you're doing, kind of explain what 10 for 10 is and, and walk us through uh, what led you to
3: this project. Uh, so i got sick when i was six a really rare skin disease it's called toxic epidermal necrolysis i was burned to a third degree on 80 percent of my body surface so i was burning inside out i had no more skin and then my lungs my organs everything was burning inside too in france every year three people out of 67 million get it every year It's a pretty rare skin disease. And the problem is that not a lot of people are aware about it. Not everyone knows what it is and what it starts from. So that's the the main thing about it is to be able to recognize what it is early so you can treat it properly. It was back in September this year and I'm just like, thinking about all this i'm like it's been so many years that you've been sick and you've never gotten involved with the community or with a specialist or anything and i was like how do i get because i survived and i really wasn't supposed to i mean it's such an awful disease and i was just like how do you get to live this life and you know live your dreams and play hockey all over the world and meet all these great people and do what you want while well, there are still people that are suffering and are, you know, going through all these things and they don't know what's happening or if they're going to make it or not. So I was like, you know what, it's time for me to get involved. And I really want to be a part of something that's just bigger than me it's more than me just being like oh i'm gonna roll a blade across america look at me like for me it's like i want to bring people together and i want to raise awareness and funds for research and also just give hope like when i was dying in bed when i was six like you don't care about the materialistic things all you want is something to get your mind off of what you're going through so that you can focus on getting better in my case it was playing hockey in the u.s when i was sick i promised myself that one day i'd be there and do that me rollerblading across the U.S. can have somebody fight one more day just to see where I'm at the next day, and show them that they can get better too. Then, that I'm good, even if it's just one person. That's all I care about. Wow,
0: that, that that's really awesome, and it's you know, it's crazy to you know think. Obviously, as a, just even as a kid growing up in France, getting the opportunity to come over to the United States and play, and obviously doing that on top of everything you went through as a kid, I I can't even imagine.
3: Yeah, it's, it's been a crazy ride, but, you know, I mean, I'm I'm very, very fortunate and I
1: really can't complain. I get to play hockey and, and have fun, so can't, can't complain. Once again, Louis, thanks for taking the time to do this with us. I, my question right off the bat is, are you going like solo or is someone going to be with you on the trip? Okay, so I'm going to be the only one rollerblading. What's great about all this is that we're in
3: touch with Vanderbilt University because they're the bigger researchers for this disease. And so we're gonna make the page for donation soon. It's gonna be pretty cool. But basically, after uh, so I graduate next spring, we're gonna head out to LA. And then my buddy Mike Hadfield, who's been helping me out with all the great videos, uh, is gonna be there too. And then I'm in touch with a movie producer from LA who would like to make a documentary out of this. So I guess Mike, him, a uh, couple media people would be there. And then my plan to keep the cost low would be to sleep in a van. So I'll rollerblade X amount of miles. We'll mark with spray paint or whatever, wherever I stopped, park wherever we can. I'll sleep. And then the next day we'll just keep going. But yeah, I mean, we're going to go one day at a time. We're still now uh, our next steps are going to be to make the website for 10 for 10, make that donation page where we will be posting updates to Vanderbilt University, and then also the route i'm trying to find a way to make the route for it uh so i don't kill myself going downhill or I don't end up on the highway in the middle of nowhere but <laughs> yeah that those are our next steps right now
2: so what was it like playing this past year and going to nationals with missouri state
3: it was it was really cool because when i played d uh, 3 d3 we were still independent so we didn't have playoffs or anything uh so i mean i'm happy to play hockey like doesn't matter what kind of hockey we're playing, but like I like to compete and not having playoffs was not that I forgot about it in two years. But like you miss that feeling, you know, like you show up to Nationals and you're just like ready to go. It's a different it's a different game. And obviously it didn't go the way we wanted to, but it was great. The season was was a cool experience, too. I mean, we're so fortunate to have been able to play. I know so many people couldn't and I don't know if I would have survived, but (laughs) I'm just glad that we were able to play the season and then. Being able to go to Nationals was a cool experience because the format of the tournament and then, you know, just the build up to it was was pretty cool as well. Being able to, you know, really focus in and put in the work and really have something to compete for is, is, is really a cool thing, I think. And I missed that for the past couple of years. I was playing in the Northeast. And now you guys are pretty close to where Nationals was in St. Louis, right? yeah it was pretty convenient. I was excited actually that it was supposed to be in Boston at first because I had a bunch of friends that were gonna come see see me and I was gonna hang out with but uh the fact that it was in St Louis was great I mean we only had what two and a half three hour drive like it was easy honestly couldn't complain especially since we lost in the first round you know the travel wasn't wasn't too bad but it it was cool and it was cool too because a lot of the guys had their families there for them so it, it was it was I was glad for them that they were able to have their parents there and
1: have some people to cheer us on. So do you still have another season left of hockey there at Missouri State? Yeah. It's my senior season. And then once I graduate, I'll I'll get rollerblading. Gotcha.
0: <laughs> and now Louis, when you obviously you think about a place like St. Louis and they have the arches. Is it as a kid from France who's about to rollerblade across the United States, are there any like stops that you're trying to make along the way? Any cities you're hoping to hit and visit?
3: Yeah. So again, I, I'm not sure the route I'm trying to take and With hockey, I've seen a lot of states I haven't been to St. Louis yet, actually, which is kind of crazy, but I just drove past it. I remember I drove when I got back to the US after I transferred, all my stuff was left in Boston because I got stuck in France because of COVID. So I had to pick up everything and then I had to drive 23 hours down to Springfield. And I remember just driving on the highway by St. Louis, seeing the arch, And I was like, damn, like, that's so weird because as a kid from France, you see all these movies like New York City and LA and you see all these places and then being able to see them in real life is a really cool thing. So... I'm not sure exactly how uh, and where I, I want to stop when I'm going to be rollerblading, but if I can, I'm going to try and make the most out of it and stop in some places I haven't been able to see just yet. Well, if you come through Chicago, I'll uh, take you up the Willis tower. Sounds <laughs> good. You better put your rollerblades on and put some miles. <laughs> in, <there too. laughs> for sure. Who's the guy in the NHL who just retired and now he's rollerblading across the country. Are you paying attention to that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So a bunch of my buddies sent that to me and I try to reach out to him because, uh, I didn't know it was gonna start right away. And I was like, you know what? It'd be such a cool thing if I could team up with him or if I could just get in touch with him, see what's his plan and then we could share ideas. I commented on his post a couple of times. I sent him the video we made. I told him my, my plan. I even reached out to his media guy. I haven't gotten an answer, unfortunately. I, I thought it was cool to see that uh, somebody else was trying to do something like this. I would have loved to be able to connect with him. And if he didn't start right away, uh, I would have loved to put some miles in with him or even just do it with him. would have been a cool experience, but I'm glad he's doing it. And he seems like he's killing it. So it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Cause I saw he, uh, you know, he was kind of like going across, obviously he went to uh, Notre Dame and like, he stopped by Notre Dame and he was rollerblading with the Notre Dame guys. And Stephen Johns is is the name. Yeah. he, he Played, played in the minor league system for the Dallas stars and then a little bit for the Dallas themselves. And I think that's like a really cool thing. I I, I feel like with COVID a lot of people started rollerblading because ranks were closed. And so now it's, it, it's kind of sprung up. Everyone got their blades out and it's cool to see stuff like this going on. And had you
3: not rollerbladed until you got to most state? Is that what you said earlier? So like I would like as a kid, I would rollerblade and stuff, but to me, like, it never really was a thing. Like, I I never really seen that, like, going on a blade with the boys. Like, never heard of it. I didn't even have a pair of rollerblades here in the U.S. And then my buddy Alex, uh, who also got me coming to Mo State, was like, hey, like, we're going rollerblading. I'm like, what? This is so sick. Like, I get to rollerblade with my teammates on on campus, which was cool, too, because being on an actual big campus like my my campus in on the northeast was like maybe two thousand students if that with a lot of commuters which was also a cool experience but it was just different and then now you get to most saints you actually have a big ass campus it's, it's pretty cool so being able to go rollerblade there was, was such a fun experience and i was like damn this is sick so like i don't even have a car now in springfield i, I had to ride my bicycle or i just blade everywhere i go that's awesome. I'm in the mountains right now for the hockey camp. I'm in the French Alps and I brought my rollerblades. I'm like, dude, you're going to kill yourself. The hells are so... <laughs> I haven't tried yet. <laughs> I might tomorrow, but I don't know. Just some quick off-season training in the French Alps. Yeah. So in France in the summer, it's pretty hard to find some, some ice because, you know, in Canada, in the US, you guys have a ring per neighborhood. We have one ring per city. And then there's no like open skate or free skate or any of that really uh no stick and puck so it, it's pretty tough and the ranks usually shut down during the season and they open up for pro training camps uh, in august one of my former strength like, conditioning coach when i was i've stayed in touch with him and then he just started this this camp company and everything and I just saw that they were having a camp a couple of months ago and I signed up for it. It's been really cool. I, I'm playing right now with some some guys that played in the AHL, in the Liga in Finland, who play uh, college in the US, I think, or going to play or going to go try out for the USHL. So it's a pretty cool level. And we have some, some good coaching too. We're on the ice twice a day. We get some workouts, a couple activities. Like it's It's pretty fun.
0: And now that I saw it on your Instagram story, that rink you're playing at is gorgeous, like breathtaking view.
3: Yeah. It's so cool because you're literally on the ice and then you get to see the mountains and everything. It's it's so cool. I mean, and the views, I'm from France and like I get here and I'm like, I'm driving. I'm like, this is so cool. I like, there's nothing like it. I don't know. Those mountains, the French shops are insane. So if you guys are trying to visit one day, you guys definitely should stop there because it's, it's worth, it's worth the, the hike.
0: Louis, I, I see you spend a lot of time in the weight room and in the gym too. Is there anything that you're doing to your body, like preparing for this? Obviously, you know, not many people have rollerbladed across the country.
3: What, what do you, what kind of shape are you trying to get into for this? So it's going to be completely new to me because, you know, obviously with hockey, it's a lot of weight training. It's a lot of explosive workouts, stuff like that. Right now I'm preparing my season because obviously that comes first. But with my trainer, Dan, a good buddy from Boston who coached at BC and then started his own training uh, business we've been talking about it for a while. And basically what we're going to do is as soon as the season ends or as the season is about to end, we're going to shift my training to more endurance training and like longer cardio sessions. Cause right now I'm, you know, I'm doing your basic hockey training and lots of conditioning with intervals. Whereas my body is going to have to change completely for this. I don't think that my body's going to be the same as right now to rollerblade. Cause I don't think I want to be as heavy as I am right now to, you know, Rollerblade blade for eight hours a day or however long I'm going to be doing it. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, I, my, I'm an exercise movement science major and being able to kind of shift all that and learn different ways to train my body and, and accomplish different things. going to be super interesting, but kind of kind of scary sometimes too. (laughs) I see on your Instagram, you ran a Merv. I, it was my first one. It was the first one. I, so I like going into CrossFit gyms for the equipment when I'm doing my hockey training. And I heard a lot about CrossFit community being amazing. And I was like, oh, sure. You know, I'm sure it's great. And then I signed up and I started doing a bit of CrossFit too. I would do my hockey training in the morning and then I'd do CrossFit at night. And the community there, the people are just so amazing. It's it's honestly, like, it's way better than people have told me. It's, I've met some amazing people and it's just fun. You know, I like going in, you just show up, they run, put you through a workout, you die once or twice and then... You're good to go. So then Murph was right around the corner and I'd never done it before. It was cool because the atmosphere in the gym was was kind of special, you know, like everybody comes together. And what I like about it is whether you're really good at it or not everyone is just trying to help you and want to see you succeed. And I think that, you know, I, I brought my, my, my team at most state in the gym once. Uh, and then we, we were with the, the owner of the gym there, uh, Jeremy Meyer, and he, he just had us work out together and just the way he did things was pretty cool. Our team was really coming close together and it was a cool experience, but yeah, Murph <laughs> Murph is really fun, but it's, it's hell and my hands ripped, uh, But I mean, you know, when your hands rip and you're like, oh, that sucks. Then you look over and you see a photo of of Murph, that soldier, and you're like, yeah, I can't, I can't complain.
1: (laughs) I'm going to keep going. So, should we take it back to some ACHA talk? What's been your favorite place to play so far in the ACHA? Even though we got slapped, I enjoyed playing
3: at um, Lindenwood. I thought that rank was dope. It was, it was cool. And I don't know, I just like playing uh, competitive hockey. So, you know, it's fun when you get those games and you really get into it. And it's like, it's always always cool to push uh, to push a little harder.
0: Yeah, that's a. I feel like that's a rink. We've talked to a lot of guys from the Midwest, and that's a rink that uh, a lot of people like to play at. And it's conveniently where they're, they'll host nationals next year. and once again, be in St. Louis in that rink, and obviously with Lindenwood with their sites going Division One someday. It seems like that rink will be up to standards right away.
3: Yeah, and like being from France, you know, you don't really see facilities like this. Like, there's maybe two or three rinks now that are that are actually amazing that they've just recently built. But like as a kid, our ranks are no better than any state rank in the U.S. So being able to play in some facilities like that that is always nice. And, you know, it's a cool experience. I'm able to really appreciate it because I didn't grow up with any of that stuff. Maybe some people in the U.S. or in Canada are like, oh, it's whatever. I don't mind. I'm just like, dude, like, <laughs> I love it.
2: And I
0: guess I guess, one thing to think about, when you play in the Northeast, most of the games, you're just kind of hopping on a bus and then going back the night after. Is that different in the ACHA in most state, Are you guys spending more time in hotels and stuff?
3: Yeah, it's way different. We didn't really have long weekends like that. Uh, we did a tournament in New York once where we stayed. And then maybe we'd play... We'd go, I think the furthest we went was maybe six hours, if I remember. I'm not too sure, honestly. But I don't know. I like the whole Thursday comes around, you hop on the bus with your team and you're just focused on playing hockey for the weekend. And you get away from everything, you're just with your teammates and you hop on the bus, have a good time, stay at the hotel and play some hockey. It's pretty cool. I like it that way. When I was in the Northeast, it was like, oh, uh, we'll have a game on a Tuesday night. So you you go to school all day and then you hop on a bus for like three hours. You play, you come back and you're in class the next morning.
2: Who do you say is your uh, biggest rival at Missouri State?
3: Oof. Damn. Lindenwood for sure. Those games get pretty heated. We got some, some good feisty games against Maryville for sure. The Maryville rink is pretty cool. Uh, they have a nice facility there for sure. It's brand new. I, I don't hate playing there. It's a, it's a pretty cool building. It's all brand new. So yeah, I, I like it. I mean, I've played in definitely
1: way worse rings. Like I'm sure we all have anyways, but it's a, it's a cool place to play. Yeah. Kind of taken away from ACHA, you said like there's only one rink per city in France. Are they like top-notch, like really good? Or is it just kind of like an old so, That's a good question. It really depends on what league the, the team is in.
3: So the top league, the league Magnus, usually teams have really good ranks. There's a team I train with sometimes in Angers Le Ducs d'Angers is the name of the team. They got the brand new rink. And some guys I know who've played in the A, who've played a couple of games in the NHL, are like, this is possibly one of the best rinks I've ever played in. They say it's a mini NHL rink. And then as you go down in the divisions, the rinks aren't as nice, but... There's some cool, in Europe, there's some really cool rinks. I've played some hockey camps in, in Switzerland where you're doing a hockey game in the middle of the summer. It's an outdoor rink and there's just a roof on top of it. And you're literally just skating in the mountains. Uh, you can see like the goats around. <laughs> like <laughs> You're running a breakout drill and all of a sudden you see a couple of goats just just run off. But it's, it's, it's different. And I, I love the uh, um, European-sized rink too. I'm just so used to it because that's how I I learned to play really when I was younger. I did all the camps. They asked me to do the first round of selections for team France, And then when the roster came up, I was on the waiting list and I was pretty upset because I was told I was going to have a spot. And also I left really early. So it was hard to be on the radar, you know, for that. But yeah, I mean, representing my country is something I've always wanted to do and I hope I'll get to do it one day. Wherever country you are, I think it's always a a great feeling to be able to put that jersey on and you know it, and it's important too to remember like I love the U.S. and you know <laughs> I'd love to have a green card don't get me wrong but at the end of the day it's, it's always good to to remember where you come from and 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 stay true to who you really are and Kind of remember you know everything you had to do in order to get here it's it's good to stay uh to keep focused too and but yeah hope hopefully one day i'll, I'll be able to it's something i always wanted to do i haven't had the opportunity yet so we'll see
0: and now louis talking about you know remembering where you came from and everything how often does your family make the trek over here do they get to watch some of these games on live stream what's that kind of relationship like you know keeping up with your family
3: so i talk to my family every day <laughs> i i FaceTimed them pretty every day every other day i had a great relationship with my family so it makes the heart and a lot of people tell me oh you you get used to it you get used to it but for me it's like the older i get sometimes i feel like the harder it is because you're more aware that time is passing and you know but it is what it is. I mean, I'm I have the opportunity to do what I do and I'm I'm so lucky and thankful for that. Yeah, I couldn't do this without them. So not having anyone it's always a good feeling to have your mom or you're like even your dad come much you play and then you can just smack you in the back of your head because you play like shit. But for sure, I mean it's they don't come here to the US often. Usually I, I go home in the summer for a month or two, and then if I can, I'll travel to um, to France for Christmas. The past couple of years I wasn't able to, cause we get like seven days of break, So it wasn't worth the trip. And then we had a longer break, but with COVID I didn't want to get stuck there. So I just stayed home, but they do watch the games. They wake up in the middle of the night to watch them. They tried their best. It's it's cool to know that, you know, they're now they're able to do that and, and kind of be a part of it, even though it's it's not the same, but I take what I can take. <laughs>
0: So Louis, I guess we, we've kind of covered most of our bases here, but just to, to reiterate, give us a quick run through and recap kind of what 10 for 10 is, and and when you're expecting to to do this rollerblade across
3: the country. So 10 for 10 is uh, basically means that I'm gonna be crossing over 10 states. It's actually 11 from LA to New York on my rollerblades for 10 T N toxic epidermal necrolysis I had and. Yeah, next year after I graduate, I'm not set on dates yet, but we'll we'll figure that out soon. I head out to LA and then rollerblade one day at a time and make it all the way through just, you know, together. And that's, that's really what we're trying to build. You know, there's a ton of diseases that, you know, should get awareness. Not everybody cares about rollerblading or hockey or my story, and it's fine. 10 for 10 is kind of bring people together, bring a community so that people can get involved in their own ways with this. You know, it doesn't have to be through rollerblading. No Recently, we did that 10 for 10 challenge where we wanted, we did it ourselves, but then we also wanted to challenge people to 10 goals to accomplish over 10 days, one goal a day, and something they were uncomfortable doing or like something, you know, that kind of changes their routine a little bit. And it was a, we had a great, great, uh, great feedback from that. It was cool to see people come together. But yeah, next year, one year from now, I'll be rollerblading across the U.S. to raise awareness and funds for research for toxic epidermal necrolysis. And hopefully I can you have you boys uh, hop
1: on and put some mouths in across your states. I'm in. I'm I'm so pumped right now. Let's fucking go! Cool. Do you know if you come through Illinois yet, like Chicago? Uh,
3: well, I'm gonna be coming through for sure, Missouri, I think. But okay. I honestly, even if it's a couple hours, or just hop in your car, and that—that's been the cool response to a lot of people I talk to. They're like, "Yeah, you know what? Like, if I can't rollerblade, I'll—I'll I'll go on my bike, or I'll run, or." whatever. And, and that's cool, you know, like one of my buddies, Alex, and I'm going to hold him up that he said, when you get to New York, I'll do the day with you. So you better, he got me rollerblading for the first time in Springfield. Well, not for the first. Time, but like going on a blader on campus for the first time in Springfield. So you better finish on with me.
0: Oh yeah. Once again, Louis, thank you for coming on. And, and you and I had talked and maybe uh, you'll make a second appearance right before you leave and we'll get an update and, and, we can do one last prep with you. And, uh, obviously we wish you the best. We're really pumped. This is a really cool story. Um, a very unique story and we'd love that, you know, it's tied to the ACHA and and you being at at Missouri state, it all kind of ties together and it it really is a great story. So once again, thank you for coming on tonight. Thanks for staying up late with us and, and, and meeting us up here on the East Coast time.
3: We really appreciate it. Well, thank you guys for having me. I mean, you know, since we first released that first video, you guys were, you know, you messaged me right away and you said, hey, let's do it. And, and that means a lot, you know, to have people just believe in this. It makes me feel like, you know, we're on the right track and we're doing great things. And you guys are obviously killing it, too. So it's great to see that you're fighting for for the league and and for all the players out there it's it's cool to see what you guys accomplish well put my rollerblades on and then i'll see you i'll see you guys on the road for sure all right thank you louis yeah thank, thank you louis. no problem take care